When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. What about the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns are kicking off the season with the battle in Ohio. Cincinnati is favored in this game by minus two and a half points. The over-under one of the bigger over-unders of the week at 47.5, actually, believe it or not. Cincinnati has been 13-3 and last season against the spread, while Cleveland was 8-9. and Kind of like Cincinnati here. I think they're a much better team, first of all. Deshaun Watson, we'll talk about him in a second, but all offseason it's been, well, Deshaun Watson doesn't look the greatest in the world. I like the Jim Swartz hiring for the defensive side of the ball. And I just don't care about Joe Burrow not practicing in training camp because he never practices in training camp, and it doesn't really seem to matter. The Bengals are on field goal better than this Browns team right now, I think, at this point, kicking off the season. I might lock him in, but let's see what Chris has to say. Yeah, so I might be a little bit more worried about Joe Burrow than you are, Dan. Joe Burrow, whether they're not playing, maybe that's not going to hurt him. But what you haven't seen Joe Burrow do the last two years is start off well. He tends to kind of start off cold. This offense in general doesn't really hit its rhythm until week three or four. So I actually think Cleveland's going to steal this game. I think the defense is better this year. I think their offense has a lot to kind of prove. And I think that when it comes to the running attack, you know, you're going to have a hard time stopping Nick Chubb in Cincinnati. I don't love this defense. I think they're going to miss the secondary guys that they've moved on from that are in Atlanta now. Um, so I think this is a game that is going to be a steal for Cleveland, actually. No, he wants to go with the the underdog there in Cleveland. Fine, I won't lock in Cincinnati, but I am going to go against you and say that that should be a, a ticket that we cash. We'll see how that one works out, and we'll record it on social media later on in the week. Uh, let's get into the fantasy minutia let, of it all. Briefly, Go ahead, Adam, jump in. I love the under on that. The under on the 47 and a half. That's actually yes. an excellent point by you. Do you want to elaborate? Yeah, uh, both quarterbacks I'm concerned about. I agree with Chris. Uh, the Bengals have not started off games or off seasons very well, uh, even when they have been good. Uh, last year, granted, a, a good portion of that, I think, falls squarely on the shoulders of Zach Taylor, and hopefully he can learn from his mistakes. But we'll wait and see on that one. I'm concerned about the Cleveland offense, and I think this, as a, this division as a whole – both historically and gearing up to be right now uh, kind of a low-scoring, more defensive one. Uh, you know, I think Cleveland's kind of moving in the right direction there. Cincinnati a little bit less so. Again, outside of Chubb, I am not high on the Cleveland offense until I see something out of Deshaun. I love their receivers. It's not that. It's that until I see it from Deshaun. I'm not going to believe it. So as a whole, um, that seems like a really high over-under for me for this matchup. You know what, Adam? You've swayed me to your argument. I want to put a unit on the under as well. I like that a lot. Let's talk Joe Burrow, gentlemen. As as I just said, I'm not worried about him, so I'm a little higher than the ECR. I got him at QB5, ECR at QB7. The, 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 obviously, the conversation here is not about 
Are you starting Joe Burrow if you drafted him? Because obviously you are. You spent a fourth-round draft capital to go ahead and get him. But, Chase, we get to you here. He's back in practice. His average against Cleveland is 295 passing yards and two touchdowns. That's been his career average to this point. Yes, they have a new defense under Schwartz. So where's your expectation for Joe Burrow to finish this week? I I tend to be high on him as well. I mean, I I know he's been hurt, but it's a calf injury. I know that a quarterback needs his calves, needs to be able to push off, needs to be able to run. I get I get all of that, but I think Joe Burrow is tough enough and it's important enough being a division game, being week one, being that they don't have a history of getting off to a great start. I think that he'll I think he'll feel the pressure to get in there and and make it happen and be, you know, hey, be the magic, magic Joe Burrow that we've all come to see here. Um, I like him in this game. I like the Jim Schwartz hire, but again, I got to see these pieces fit that they've brought together here before I believe it. So, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah we're obviously going to play Joe Burrow. The guy I don't know if it's obvious is Deshaun Watson. Now, I have him ranked at QB 14. So he actually is asked on my top 12. If I had another option, I would play Deshaun Watson. Now, he's not a must-sift for me because depending upon how your draft went, you probably drafted him to be in that top 10, top 12 area. And it's a question of did you draft another quarterback to pair up with him who has a good matchup in week one. So that's it's going to depend on what your roster is. But he's not a must-star for me this week, even though ECR has him at number 11. I still have this I-need-to-wait-and-see kind of vibe. Chris, I'll kick this back to you because you did bring up the safeties missing from Cincinnati. And last year, they were pretty rough on the quarterbacks. They were fourth in fantasy points allowed to the quarterback. They only gave up the 20 most passing yards. It was not an easy matchup. Maybe it is easier on paper this week. But there's a part of me that still needs to see Watson show that he can be at least better than what he was last year before I maybe fully believe it. What do you think? No, I could definitely understand being nervous about Deshaun Watson. We we saw you know, horrible quarterback play last year, but we also saw at the very end of the season, the last game versus Washington, he didn't have a great game, but he got you about 20, 24 points. Um, and what I think you're looking at, what you're happy about with Deshaun Watson, if you have him on your team and you have to play him, is he's been running. and He's going to continue to run. We haven't heard anything different out of camp with that. They're doing continue to you know make this a Deshaun Watson-friendly offense. It's a lot of five receiver sets, it's a lot of spreads, offensive plays. They're going to be using a lot of shotgun. So you're going to have with a Nick Chubb, a guy who's, you know, you have to always have an end or a linebacker paying attention to. Deshaun might be able to kind of keep, have a couple of keepers, you know, be able to get you some subsidized some yardage on the running game. So I don't think he's going to have, you know, a terrible game. I understand being worried about maybe the ceiling you don't get vintage Deshaun Jack. I'm sorry, you'll get vintage Deshaun Watson yet. But I do think that you can be pretty confident that you're going to get a pretty solid production out of your quarterback position. So, so help me out with that because I'm glad you brought up the rushing because his player is prop right now 24 and a half rushing yards. I want the over on that, but I want the under on his passing mark at 236.5 passing yards again until I kind of see it. So, where are you at on those two? I would go over on the rushing yards. Look, they don't have Bell in the secondary, and they're going to miss him, especially when it comes to stopping the running attack. Um, I, I know that you know the Cincinnati defense was pretty impressive last year, but when you look at the pieces they missed, particularly the safety position, that's their guys who are finishing their leading tacklers. So I don't love this linebacking core overall, and I think there's Deshaun Watson, like I said with Nick Chubb, you're going to have to respect him, and you're going to get some yards off Deshaun on a couple keepers. Yeah, okay, I like that. So we're cashing on the over on rushing yards aggressively. 
Nick Chubb, not a lot to talk about Nick Chubb. I got him ranked at four. ECR has him at three. It's just, you know, whatever. Like, who cares? He's starting your lineup. He's a big RB1. We absolutely love them. So I'd rather ask Adam this question about Joe Mixon instead because he was a little bit more of a polarizing player as far as where he should be drafted in leagues, where he should be valued as far as the top 12 is concerned. Now, I aggressively had him inside my top 10 all offseason long, even before you know Ezekiel Elliott signed with the Patriots and people knocked Stevenson out of the way and all that jazz. I had Joe Mixon there. He's my number eight running back heading into this week. ECR-wise, he's 11. Cleveland was a leaking valve when it came to letting up rushing yards fifth most rushing yards last year 27th in fantasy points allowed last year at the running back position and now all of a sudden jim schwartz while he takes over he ain't a dude that was known for actually stopping the run his is pass rush and, and, and pass coverage so i'm all over joe mixon on the over at 15 and a half and we'll see if you agree we'll lock it in if you do and joe mixon being a top eight player a running back at least this week where are you at on that did you say 50 and a half 50 and a half. <laughs> okay, Lock yeah. Walk him in. It's a lock. Yeah. Eight, eight is a conversation for me. There's no conversation on 50 <laughs> rushing yards. I'm 100% there. Um, yeah, I, definitely a back-end uh, RB1 for me. Is it 8, 9, 10? I'm not 100% sure without looking right now, but uh, that's about the, the ballpark I would put him in, yeah. All right, I love that. So we're locking in the 50 and a half. If you guys need any more you know, statistics to help back you up to feel confident in that, he was over that mark in every game that he got 14 or more carries. I'm pretty sure he's going to get 14 or more carries in this game as well. Uh, the, only, the only last note I'll throw in here about Joe Mixon, the one thing I am going to be keeping my eye on, does Chris Evans actually get the snaps on third down like he's been rumored to have in training camp? That'll be keeping my eye on in the future, but that's something we'll just watch and get to in the recap next week. Let's talk to Mark Chase. Chase, all right. He's my wide receiver one this week. ECR Ham is at wide receiver two. It's always fun to talk about a guy who's this awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. What, what do you got up to? Was he your one or was Jefferson your one? Which, which one was it? Uh, I've, I've been higher on chase, uh, all off season, not just because of the namesake idea. Um, I, I had him ranked as my number one overall wide receiver in my you know final draft rankings here. Um, and I, I, I really think that he's got, first off, I think he's gonna be healthy all year. I think we can't, we can't just assume that he's going to get hurt again. Um, and I, I just, I really like the connection that the two of them have. Nothing has, nothing has changed ostensibly in that offense. I mean, they've got Irv Smith. If anything, Irv Smith being more of a threat than Hayden Hurst, more of a scoring threat than Hayden Hurst generally was, uh, might draw, I mean, as much as you can draw attention, might keep extra attention away from Jamar Chase. I think it, I think it sets up well for him this year. And I think it sets up well for him this week against the Cleveland defense that, listen, they replaced their defensive coordinator for, you know, if they had to bring a guy in, so we'll wait and see on that. Yeah, here, here's what tickles me pink on Jamar Chase is that the fact that he's paired up with T. Higgins and yet was still third in the entire NFL in red zone targets last year and still a 27% team target share. That's what tickles me pink about a guy like that. When he has T. Higgins, let's talk about him. I got a wide receiver 14, ECR at 15. When you have a guy who's that good as your 1B, it's really impressive. He 
is your prototype wide receiver too, though. This is my one issue with the Higgins thing. Like some people kind of had him in that top 12 territory. I couldn't quite get behind it. I couldn't put him ahead of an Olave. I couldn't put him ahead of a Waddle to kind of get him into that groove because, well, really, frankly, on average, he's about 17.8% team target share. That is a prototype wide receiver too. So, Chris, do you, do you think Higgins maybe has more ceiling than that or do you think that's about right? For this week or for the season? For this week. Uh, for this week, I think that's a pretty good number. Look, this Cleveland defense has got a pretty good secondary. Um, when you look at the guys, you know, Emerson and Ward, they have one of the you know better corners in the league. Um, so I look at this for T. Higgins as a guy I'm definitely going to play, but I don't look like he's going to get out there and have a you know, huge game. So I think this is definitely a receiver too, a guy that I like in my lineup this week, but I'm not necessarily looking for a huge upside. Um, for the season, Dan, I do think T. Higgins is a guy that can, you know, be somebody that you have in a week in, that week out, because unlike Cleveland, most secondaries you're going to face don't have a great second corner. Jamar Chase is always going to get that safety over the help top. So it's like Higgins is almost like stealing candy for you, where you always feel like you're going to get at least a touchdown opportunity or some big play opportunity because he's going to see single cover sometimes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about Amari Cooper, another guy who I have in a wide receiver two territory. I got him at wide receiver 17. I'm a little bit lower than ECR. I got him at wide receiver 14. Now, obviously, you know, you're starting him. He's in your lineup. Here's why I'm a little lower on Amari Cooper. I didn't like the fact that they have talked about him as being their man beater, not because Amari Cooper can't do it, but because teams mostly play zone. And if Amari Cooper is going to be your man beater, that would make Elijah Moore your zone beater. So I'm a little higher on Elijah Moore, maybe getting a few more targets out the gate than we are expecting. So I'm bringing Cooper down a little bit. I'm pushing Elijah Moore up a little bit more. Who I have at wide receiver 47. You know, I think we got to we got to wait and see how that plays out with Watson, Stefanski, and actually feeding a second wide receiver before we're gung ho to put him in. But I don't know. Maybe Adam has a different take than I do on that. No, I, I love Elijah Moore. I think this this landing spot has so much more upside for him. Um, the New York did at the, at least the moment that he was traded, of course, uh, him with Rogers would be interesting, but, um, yeah, I, I'm excited for Elijah Moore in the season long, but he is a wait and see for me this, this week in particular. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm kind of curious to see how this offense kind of figures itself out with the full off season with the, this group. I, I think the one thing we can both agree on, and maybe all of us can agree on Elijah Moore is better than what happened last year. I think he is closer to that player that we saw be, what was it, the wide receiver three or in a four-week period there when he finally got to shine out with the Jets. I think he's closer to that player. So just keep that in mind with Elijah Moore. I think he's going to be in your lineups sooner rather than later. All right, Chase, let's talk about your David Njoku, who you would play over Kyle, Pate, uh, Kyle Pitts there. I got him at eight. ECR has him at nine. Apparently, you have him to the moon. <laughs> so, why don't you talk to me about David Njoku this week? Why do you like him so much against uh, against Cincinnati? Well, you know, we we just get done talking about Amari Cooper, and and we've been talking about how we're not sure about how Deshaun Watson's going to look and how he's going to play. I think we can get at least Deshaun. I think we get at least Jacoby Brissett's level of production out of Deshaun Watson this year, and when we had basically almost the full, we had over three quarters of a season of Jacoby Brissett's production at, at quarterback last season. We had David Njoku at, at tight end 11 for the year. Um, I, I like him to be able to score 10 plus points every single week. I think that Pitts is, can be a little mercurial and is going to be a little mercurial. David Njoku 
not only do I think he can score 10 points every week, I think he's got way high upside because he runs a route. When, when Deshaun Watson drops back to pass, David Njoku is running a route. It, it, his numbers on that in the preseason were ridiculous. And they've, 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 they're going to utilize him in the pass game. And I, I like the idea of him moving up from that top 10 type to that middle tier, that borderline top five-ish Dallas Goddard type level. Okay. That's a, he has a talent for it. I'm not debating that. I am curious about the pecking order and the targets. I am curious about the overall volume that this offense is going to have because it's still Kevin Stefanski we're talking about at the end of the day. And even just saw Watson in Houston only averaged about 32 pass attempts a game. It wasn't like he was on the Justin Herbert kind of level. He wasn't lighting it up 35, 40 times every single week. That wasn't really his game. So I am curious about those things. However, the reason that David Njoku is still eight, if you're wondering, you know, he's, he's going to be a back end tight end one throughout the year. You're always going to kind of finally you can kind of debate a little bit, I think, because he's not super exciting given the circumstances of the offense to play. I just look at the other tight ends in that range, like Pat Farmuth playing against San Francisco, Evan Ingram against the Colts, which that could be a blowout. We don't know what his target share is going to be in that pecking order. And Higby against Seattle has some upside given the matchup, but maybe limited offensively overall, especially if Cooper Cup can't play. Schultz against Baltimore is not a great matchup. So when all that's said and done, it's kind of by default why I have David Njoku number eight. So one way or another, you have him in the lineup. You have anything you want to add to that? Well, I, I just think, I mean, we can't, we got to keep in mind too. I've said it all along that I like Chubb as a receiving back, even to, or to add more of that to his repertoire this season, because this team in the preseason wanted to throw to the, to the running back position. But the fact is there's 51 targets that were vacated when you're when, with the running back help that they lost in the backfield. Some of those short underneath targets can go to more out of the slot, but some of them could by default go to Njoku on short routes as well. Uh, to make up for the loss of Kareem Hunt. They may not have to have a, a strict pass back like a, you know, they let Demetri Felton go to the Bengals. But they may not need Jerome Ford to try and operate in that capacity because they can spread those out between adding to Chubb's workload and distributing them underneath to Moore and Njoku. Yeah, that's, that's a very for, fair point. How do they distribute those running back targets? That would be interesting to see. Let's head into our next